Man, my best friend, who is my best friend? Now let me think. <laughs> All right. Or maybe for many of you, it's like, well, obvious, you know? Me and Joe, we play cards together. That's what we do all the time, you know? Uh, some of us might be like, well, there's lots of good friends that I have, but I don't know who my best friend is. Um, and I think it's a relevant question because in our world, I believe that we're going through kind of a crisis of real friendship. Uh, this is something that I've been observing and started reading about. I discovered that other authors, very experienced authors, believe the same thing. That we're going through a uh, kind of a crisis of real friendship. Lots of people have people who are acquaintances who don't really know them very deeply. And lots of people that we have fun with together, but we don't know each other on a very deep level. And if I were to ask you, how many people in the world know you like for real? They really, really know you. Many of us would have to say, well, not very many actually. And we see how in the world many people live with a tremendous amount of loneliness in their lives because they're not really known and understood by somebody and we don't have anyone that we can really share our, our hearts with, that we can really share our life with, a real friend, a real best friend. I've discovered that ancient Greeks, Aristotle, actually had a lot to say about friendship. It's interesting because it's in his book on ethics when he talks about virtue and he speaks about friendship as if it were a virtue. St. Thomas Aquinas, who takes a lot from Aristotle and a lot of the things he says, he, uh, he agrees. He agrees with Aristotle on a lot of what he says about friendships. So both of them agree that there are three types of friendship. One is friendship of pleasure. The other is friendship of use like where you, you find uh, the relationship is useful to one another. And the third one is the perfect type of friendship, with it, which is virtuous friendship. So friendship of pleasure um, is where you enjoy each other. You enjoy being together for some kind of superficial reason or some kind of external reason. You know, like we both like the same sports. We both like to go skiing. So we have fun, fun skiing together, and I like this person because we ski together. You know? Or I like this person because he's funny and he cheers me up. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, and it's okay to have friendships like that, right? But it's not the best type of friendship. It's not the deepest type. It's not the type that we really long for. The second one is usefulness, where uh, we have some kind of uh, usefulness to each other. So it's like a working relationship, where we work together, you know, maybe we, we know each other pretty well, we get along pretty well, I, I need your help in order to get my projects done, you need my help, so we kind of help each other with things. And that's it's also a good thing, right? It's also good to have people that you work with, that you get along with, and, uh, and to have a relationship on that level. But again, it's not a perfect type of friendship because it doesn't go as deep as we long for it to go. And the third type is the type of friendship which is virtuous. What does Aristotle and what does St. Thomas Aquinas mean when they say that a friendship is virtuous? It's a friendship where both the people care about the other person growing in virtue. That might seem kind of abstract to you, but really what they mean by growing in virtue is growing in goodness. It means becoming a good person. It means becoming the person that you were really made to be. When I have someone in my life who cares about me to the degree where he wants me to flourish, he wants me to be the person that I'm made to be, he wants me really to grow in goodness, in holiness, in virtue, that's a true friend. Now. 
he might be a true friend, but that doesn't necessarily mean we have a friendship yet, right? There's lots of people that I care about to that degree, right? But we don't really have a good relationship yet. So what makes it a friendship is when it's mutual, when both of us care about each other's growth in, in that virtue, in that goodness, and when we're both aware of it and consciously working on it together. Isn't that a, isn't that a cool distinction to make? It's like, so when, when me and this friend of mine we're both aware of the fact that we want each other to be good and we're striving to help each other to be good and we're both working on that together, then it's a real friendship. That means that we really need to get to know each other. We, we know each other's defects. That's usually pretty normal. But we also know uh, that we want each other to be better and we're going to help each other to be better. That allows real friends to do crazy things like correct each other when they see that they're making a mistake. Um, you could phrase it like this. You see, you see your friend doing something that, that you know he is striving not to do, right? He's striving to be a good person, so he's striving not to fall into this bad habit like eating way too much chocolate cake, you know? I actually got to witness this uh, this week where I was, I was preaching a retreat for a group of missionaries, young men who have given a year to serve on missions. Uh, so they do a six-day silent retreat, which just ended yesterday. It was down in Connecticut. Yes, I drove back through the storm last night. So, <laughs> um, and some of them, they're, they're very good friends. They, they, they know each other very well. They get along very well. And all of them want each other to be, to be better people. So I witnessed it where we were sitting at the table. And uh, one of them was taking like his second piece of dessert at, at the meal during the retreat. And his friend said, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, whoa. You know, when was the last time you saw someone like call somebody out like that? except for husbands and wives who do it all the time, I know. <laughs> right? But you see a friend calling, calling his friend out like that and saying, hey, what are you doing? You're, you're trying to lose weight. You, you're, not, you're not supposed to be eating that piece of cake. And his friend went and ate the piece of cake anyways. You know? It's not a really, really big deal. But to be able to call each other out on, on little things or even big things that we see are wrong is a, is a sign of real love for one another. A sign of real love for one another. Now, one of the things that I, that I love the most about what, uh, what St. Thomas Aquinas and, and Aristotle teach about real friendship is the importance of actually spending real time together. Now, this is something that I find is very threatened by our world today because we're in a very digital world where a lot of times we think that we know each other well just because we're connected on social media or on the internet in some way, um, or where we think that posting something is a good enough way to get people to know what's going on in my life, you know, to share my life with them. That's not really, really, really sharing your life with somebody. What Aristotle means when he says sharing your life with somebody means that you actually live physically close to each other in a way that you're able to do things together, you know? You're able to, like, walk down the road together or go shopping together or, um, you know, do work together in the fields or something. In our society, that's, that's really rare. We live very disconnected lives where like, the people that I work with aren't really my friends because I don't really get to know them outside of work and I only go and show up, show up there eight, days, eight hours a day, five days a week, and then I go home, I'm disconnected from them the rest of the time. And then some of the people that I see most of the time are like, I don't know, the other parents of kids who play hockey with my kids. <laughs> right? and, and I don't actually get to know them on a very deep level either. And we live together like a couple hours a week and that's it. Or the people at church even. Sometimes our church communities are very disconnected. Where we come to church, all we do is go to mass. I don't actually get to know anybody in the community beside me. 
The people who, who think the most like me are probably the people who have the same religion as me, the people who go to the same parish as me. And so often we don't even get to really know each other or to spend time together. I think it's so important to be involved in our parish outside of Sunday Mass, to be involved in some kind of community where you get to know people on a deeper level um, and, and strive to develop real friendships. So actually spending time together. And this is, this is why I've brought up this theme today, related to today's readings. Because in today's readings you have Jesus, who at the very beginning of his ministry, right after he's been baptized, he's, John the Baptist is still there doing his baptisms. And John the Baptist still has some of his close followers who have become his disciples. And he sees Jesus, he points him out, he says, there's the Lamb of God. He's the one you want to be following. And what do they do? Andrew and the other disciples of John the Baptist, who realize that this is, this is the one they've been waiting for, they take off and they start following Jesus. They start following Jesus. What does Jesus do? Uh, he turns around and says, what are, you, what are you looking for? And they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? When they have made this decision to follow Jesus, what's the first thing that they do? They ask him where he's staying. They don't just want to spend an hour with him a day and take a little class or touch base with him once a week and see what nice things he has to say. To be a follower of Jesus means to actually go and stay where he is staying. It means to actually spend your life with him. And all of us, to one degree or another, are called to be followers of Jesus. All of us aren't called to be priests or monks who spend every waking minute in Christ's presence. Right? But we are called to follow Jesus in a very similar way to this, where we make him a part of our everyday life, where we let him into spending moments of our life with us, where we strive to pray throughout the day, where we strive to make contact with him on a daily basis, reading his word, the scriptures. I heard one, uh, one preacher speak about it this way. Rather than speaking about following Jesus, we should speak about being an apprentice of Jesus. I really like that word, apprentice. What does it mean to be an apprentice? It means you're going to be with that person very often for many hours a day, imitating them, watching what they do, and doing things in a similar way to them. Doing things the way that he does them. That's what it means to follow Jesus. In order to do that, we need to be reading the gospel often. We need to be listening to, to what preachers have to say about him often, listening to the church, listening to the Pope, so that we can learn how to act as Jesus would act in my life. That's what it means to really follow Jesus, to be an apprentice. Sometimes you'll hear people say things like, oh, do you believe in Jesus? Like as if believing in Jesus was the only important thing that mattered. Jesus didn't call people to just believe in him. He called people to follow him. He called people to be his disciples. He called people to be his apprentices, to spend many, many hours learning from him how to act as he acted. That's what we're called to do. And I think what's really beautiful about that in this context is that what Jesus is calling you to is to be his friend. He's calling you to be his friend. Friend in the real way. Not a friend who like shares a little tidbit of his life here and there and okay, we're friends. No, a friend who spends lots of time with him. A friend who, who helps you to be virtuous, who helps you to be good, who helps you to be the person that you were made to be to be the fullest and best version of yourself. 
That's what Jesus wants us to be. Let's ask him for that grace to be better friends of him, to be his apprentices, true followers like uh, his first disciples were.